0: Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor, Eric Sandler. This is the Thursday show where I have a conversation with someone in the food world I think you'll want to hear from. He is the executive chef of Common Bond and also recently opened 1891 American Eatery and Bar in the Heights. Making his triumphant third appearance on the show, Jason Gould, welcome back. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. No worries. You know, it's been a it's been a couple of three years since your last time here, uh, and I think that's a good jumping off point because the last time you were on the show, you were here with uh, George Joseph, who was the CEO of of Common Bond at the time. About a year ago, George transferred day to day responsibilities to. Garza Management, the company behind El Yep. So so let me just ask you kind of what's the last year been like for you as you've started working with with Garza Management?
1: Yeah, it's been been great, actually. Um, it was a very sort of interesting introduction. It was a very, very quick transition. Let's say it was late. We're in twenty-four now. So it was late twenty twenty two, like December twenty twenty two, when they started conversations. All of a sudden by January first, twenty twenty three, we had changed operations and they'd kind of looked at the company as a whole and said, you know what, we, we don't need we have enough oversight on our side that we don't need some of the operational pieces that Common Bond had been using and definitely trimmed down the team and left it with myself and one other operational manager, Brad, to sort of run the show. So it was um It was a very interesting 2023. We had to sort of obviously maintain operations while we were in continuing to open up locations as well at the time and then make this transition from, because as well as having El Balillo, Gaza also has quite a few quick service restaurants, uh, Sonic, Slim Chicken and Chicken Kitchen. And so for them, this was sort of their first introduction into I mean, Common Bond is somewhat of a quick service restaurant, but it's also into a fully operational restaurant where we have the commissary that supplies all the food. We have the bakehouse that supplies all the the croissant doughs and all those sorts of things. So it was going into a very, very big operation as opposed to um, being a franchisee for a quick service restaurant. So there's definitely a a bit of a learning curve that went on, but um, we took the ball and kind of ran with it. And uh, so far, it's been been pretty good.
0: Well, there's also—I I, mean—the biggest difference between common bond and and a quick service restaurant is the expectations of your customers. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, uh, people people expect a whole lot more from the taste and flavor and execution of the dishes at common bond than they do at a uh, Sonic.
1: Yes, from a from scratch kitchen, as they say, where we're making everything in house or or within the company, to a franchisee that's being told. Hey, this week you're coming up with a what is it the most recent one? A bacon and peanut butter milkshake. It's like, okay, that's that's <laughs> a little strange. So yeah.
0: I mean, from from your perspective, maybe you know, because I, I, I think it's it's sort of easy and sort of lazy to sort of, you know, uh, you know, it's not the same or it's changed, or it's whatever, but but from your perspective inside, I mean day to day, what have you noticed about about kind of where a common bond is at, you know, in terms of quality and consistency and all that but from uh, from George's time to, to Garza's time?
1: To be honest, nothing has changed. We are still using the exact same recipes. We're still using the egg. It, one of the good things about the transition was they really listened to us. So they didn't just come in and say, hey, this is what we're doing, and this is what we're going to change. The the biggest change that they made to the structure of the company was the support that we have. Without going down, you know, too in depth with it. They have their own construct or we now have our own construction company. So we're able to get repairs done. We're able to implement things a lot quicker than using third parties. But as far as recipe changes and things like that, we haven't changed a damn thing. We are still doing the exact same procedure. The only thing that we have struggled with, and it's one of those things that every single restaurant has struggled with, is getting staff and getting reliable people in the door. So that has more of an effect on quality and consistency than anything that we've implemented. It's more getting the people in, training them up, and making sure that they are doing their job consistently. But we haven't changed the recipe. The butter is still the French butter, the croissant's still there. I think that for Houston in particular, and it's both a good and bad, is that our food scene has grown so much, even in the last few years, where Common Bond, when Roy started it, was one of the first croissant shops to open up, taking that true sort of artisanal venoiserie and putting it into a a restaurant or a cafe, um, as opposed to buying in a frozen product and then cooking it in the store and calling it your own. So it was really the first true classic croissant being introduced into Houston. And now there's a bunch of them out there. So there's always going to be that comparison of saying, oh, well, this is better, this is better. But we haven't changed anything from what Roy was doing. We just have to do it on a much bigger scale now.
0: Well, and and that's to your credit. I mean, you know, I remember I remember when Common Bond first opened that monstrous location. And if you went at if you went at 8 a.m., they had their full inventory. If you went at at noon or one PM, uh, they might be completely sold out. Everything and 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 that's know, not that, a good business good business
1: plan, right? <laughs> right. You can't. It's it's nice to be in demand, but you can't be shorting people out all the time. Otherwise, they don't come back. So yeah, it was making sure that we could keep up with the with the quantities at each location, and then also expanding. I I joined the company Common Bond in what was it twenty or nineteen, and even then, it was only Montrose and Medical Center location. Then we opened Heights very quickly. We opened Spring very quickly, Downtown, and then at the same time opened up the -the on-the-go concepts and expanded to 7, which we've trimmed down a little bit, but it was a rapid, rapid growth. I mean, I've opened up restaurants, Cyclone and I, as we opened up a few, and even early day doing Gravitas, but never expanded as rapidly and aggressively as Common Bond did for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, you know, one of the things, you know, you mentioned kind of opening places and closing places. I mean, I I know you closed the downtown Brasserie last year. I, you know, I I liked the idea of that restaurant. Uh, you know, I liked having kind of an upscale French inspired restaurant downtown. I thought it made a certain amount of sense, um, especially paired with the bakery for you know, for sandwiches during lunch and and pastries to take home and all that stuff. But uh, just just sort of talk about that decision and and kind of why um, it just didn't last.
1: Downtown is a hard market. Kudos to anybody that has survived downtown. Um, for me, it's always been a hard market, and I just think being in the building that we were, it made it even more challenging to get that dinner service. We did great during lunch, actually it was the busiest restaurant we had during lunch we would compare it to the other store sales and after lunch it was you know well above because we had the two dining rooms we had the the sort of full service restaurant and then we had the counter service as well so essentially doing two restaurants at the same time and it did really well but after two three o'clock it was crickets we'd get you know a few happy hour people in but it was there was very very limited people coming in the door at night, and it's a real challenge with with just keeping staff and overhead and things like that that just didn't make financial sense. So it was unfortunate. It was a great looking restaurant. I really enjoyed creating the menu and having a bit of fun with it and doing something that wasn't just common bond, but yeah, unfortunately couldn't survive.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember uh, scallops and. Uh, duck confit and uh, lamb chops, right? I think some of the other stuff you were doing. I mean, it was all, it was all really delicious.
1: Yeah, No, we, we, it was well, when we opened it. It was almost like we didn't have a budget. We had this vision of what we wanted the restaurant to be, so we started doing seafood towers and steaks and short ribs and all this sort of stuff. And then after about six months, because it was, I mean, we opened up not that long after COVID. It was supposed to open during COVID, so we held off as long as we could, but then opened up just after COVID. And uh, soon realized that when you have that type of inventory, if you're not doing business, throwing oysters and shrimp and lobster in the in the trash is not a uh, not a success story.
0: No, so. unfortunately not. All right, let me let me move to to more positive developments. Let's talk about 1891 American eatery and bar. The, again, this is it's not common bond, but it is Garza Management. How did yeah? How did that project come together?
1: By coincidence, so. Most people would know it from Berry Hill and the Heights. It was an existing restaurant for many, many years. I remember partaking on the patio of margaritas myself. And my assumption is that after COVID, the owner of Berry Hill was kind of done and he found somebody that was going to take over the space. So he invested a bunch of money. He actually did all the renovations himself. He relocated the bar from the back of the restaurant to the middle of the restaurant so it was more accessible for patio and spent quite a bit of money on doing a renovation. And then I'm assuming somebody pulled out because we walked into the space as it was. And I think it was one of those situations where we just happened upon it and he needed a tenant and it worked. We love the location. We love being in the heights. And it was an opportunity for us to do something
0: different. So, yeah, so far, so good. So expand a little bit on that idea. I mean, how did you kind of decide on on this kind of sports bar, neighborhood, restaurant? concept is the right fit for for the space in the neighborhood actually
1: i'd want i wanted to do it even back when i was with cyclones the reason i joined cyclones was because the owner of the time was going to wanted to expand he was a bit of a real estate mogul and he wanted to be able to take up opportunities and have a little bit of um uh, be able to diversify his portfolio if you will so i was going to do these different concepts with him and it was one that i always had in my back pocket so when this one came out I walked into the space and seen the the decor that was in there at the time. It sort of screamed tavern type place to me, just with all the the woods and the stones and the browns and the greys and things like that. And so, uh, I would kind of had it in my hip pocket and always wanted to do something. You know, I'm a bit of a sports fan myself, and I'm not going to take my kids to Hooters or Pluckers or something to go and watch the game. So this is a place <laughs> where you can, you know, take the family and sit and watch a game and enjoy it and get better than average, you know, sports bar food. There's some great sports bars out there, but we just wanted to create a menu that had a little bit of everything, good burger, you know, some sort of more upscale entrees, keep it with a price point that everybody could afford and feel like there was value there, but not go too overboard. So I've always wanted to do it. I thought it was, I always felt it was a niche in the market that was missing as having, not having to go to your stereotypical sports bar to watch a game. I mean... When the Astros are doing well. Who wants? Who doesn't want to go out, watch them, and enjoy a good drink and a good meal?
0: Yeah, and I and I like that you kind of get that balance between. I mean, there are TVs on the walls, and if you want to stare at them throughout dinner, I, I mean, there's plentiful enough and big enough that that's no problem. But at the same time, it's not like they're not like hanging from every pillar, so it's not no. it's not so in your face that you know if you just want to have dinner with your friends or you it, it might not even necessarily occur to people that the sports bar is kind of part of the the mission of the restaurant
1: oh and it's it's a hard thing because you don't want to put yourself into or at least we didn't where that's all we were but we definitely want it to be thought of in the same conversation so it's kind of an everyday neighborhood eatery it's why we named it after the heights is you know the heights has been such a um important neighborhood for houston it was one of the first to be there it's had some great restaurants in it and so we just wanted to create really a neighborhood restaurant neighborhood bar that people could come by and just relax whether it's coming home from work and grabbing a a beer a cold beer or you know coming from kids sporting events and having a decent meal with family
0: yeah i mean i you know i like to kind of keep an eye on the various facebook groups to talk about uh, local restaurants and it, it really does seem like people are really liking what you're doing. So, so let me just ask you, I mean, has that been, has that been your experience too, or or how do you feel about the response you've had so far?
1: So far the response has been great. Could always be busier, but it's been great. <laughs> What's been interesting is looking at sales because while at night we do sell a few more of the uh, sort of upscale entrees, the short ribs, the scallops, things like that. The burgers have been, by far the biggest seller um that we've had we do the three burgers and they they outsell everything every single day um to the point now where even the staff are like okay we need to open up a burger restaurant i'm like "Right, right we're not even three months in yet let's let's slow down a little bit let's make sure we're doing everything right here <laughs> but yeah the burgers have been really well received
0: you know what else what else is going well there i mean i you know you've got a great cocktail program you've got uh some other you know you've got pizzas you've got tacos i mean what what else are you particularly proud of over there?
1: Well, surprising to me, and you even made a comment on it when, on your visit, but the poblano seems to be the most impressive dish that people are enjoying. Um, you know, vegetarian options, so it, it helps any vegetarians out there. But yeah, the um, the poblano has been very well received. People seem to be enjoying it a lot, so which is good. It's always fun when you can create a meatless dish and it goes over well to even the meat eaters.
0: Well, and I think I think that's one of the kind of keys to the 1891 menu is that it it is very vegetarian friendly. And, you know, especially in a in a family friendly context, you know, so often there is that family member who's vegetarian or or keto or pescatarian or or whatever. And and, you know, you can't all you can't all sit down to eat if you can't accommodate that that person's preferences
1: yeah i learned many many years ago back in the aries day that you've you know you've got to have at least a couple of vegetarian options and that's going back 20 years now so yeah you you have to have you have to have something for everybody on the menu which is makes it a lot more challenging when you're originally writing the the menu but uh, yeah you gotta have something on there for everyone
0: all right so you know I, I know your staff is already sort of talking about uh you know we gotta we gotta take this burger thing and kind of run with it i you know, when I visited and we were sort of chatting, I was amused at the thought of, oh, well, yeah, the Heights was founded in 1891. You know, Sugarland was founded in 1946. Katie was founded whenever Katie was founded. I mean, you could just start knocking these out and just, you could name them with a different year to mark the founding of whatever part of the city that you're in. I, you know, would, do you aspire to that? I mean, the concept does seem like it could be a very, uh, a very interesting fit for other parts of Houston.
1: Oh, yeah, it did fit into any neighborhood. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say it's hasn't been discussed, but right now it's, you know, let's, let's make sure this one is, is firing all cylinders first. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I mean, a upscale sports bar would work in just about any neighborhood. So, and the name kind of plays into that. Yeah. We, it was funny because we really, really struggled to come up with a name and I just started digging in the neighborhood and it came to me one day and I'm like, eh, that's what we're going with. And uh, it seems to have worked out
0: well. All right, so so the 1891 concept may not have immediate plans to be expanded, but I know Common Bond recently announced that they are coming to to Tanglewood with a new bistro location. So yep. what can you tell us about what can you tell us about the next Common Bond?
1: Um yeah, so we're taking over where local foods used to be there on Bering and San Felipe So going into existing spot, which um again we just happened to luck out of. Uh, local foods moved locations after seeing out their lease. So it was all sort of a a good timing for them and a good timing for us. So, um, yeah, it started construction or actually in the process of starting construction on that this week. Uh, So hopefully in about, probably about three, three and a half months, we should be ready to go in that location. So looking forward to it. That's one of the great things about Common Bond as well is it fits into any neighbourhood. So, you know, we're happy to be over there and hopefully get some of the schools and the churches and everybody coming by for breakfast every morning to grab some croissants.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting mix cuz you've got some kind of established breakfast options nearby but then you know, I think about like Fountain View Cafe that closed uh, a few years ago that served that neighborhood for years and and nothing's really replaced it. So I yeah, I feel like you've got a lot of opportunity there.
1: Yeah, we think so as well. I mean, we we spoke I spoke with Dylan and that at Local Foods before we moved in and they did say parking was a problem, but they did say the neighborhood was really good at and it, they also a lot of we would walk in there during while they're open and the amount of catering they were doing into that store was ridiculous. So hopefully we can tap into that as well and you know, get some of the officers involved and be able to cater to all the lunches and breakfasts and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the the space actually works for us. They're, they're going into a counter-driven concept and replacing it with a counter-driven concept makes it a, a no-brainer.
0: You know, I, I, I sort of ran into you this weekend and you said, "What are we talking about?" And I said, "Oh, you know, we'll talk about talk about the current state of common bond. We'll talk about 1891." And and you you said, "Oh, well, I'll talk about whatever you want." So let me just ask you. I mean, we've got we've got another five or ten minutes to to keep this going. I mean, um, you know, it was funny running into you at Fluff Bake Bar because, you know, Ryan Lashane was there doing a pop up menu, and you know, obviously that's Becky Masson's bakery, and and of course the three of you all worked together at, at Gravitas, which was this kind of pioneering new American restaurant in the in the mid aughts that had, you know, I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people who are listening to this probably may not have even lived in Houston back then. But but it was in the mix for the best restaurant in Houston from about, you know, 2005 to 2010, give or take. Yeah. And, and in other words, you, you've seen a lot like you, you've you been you've been deeply enmeshed in the scene for a long time, longer than I've been involved with it professionally, even. Uh, 22 so, years so, now. Yeah. So just talk a little bit about what, what are maybe the two or three things you've noticed most, like how Houston has, has evolved in, in the 20 years you've been working around the city?
1: Well, besides the
0: obvious growth,
1: you know, what I always found with Houston and actual food in general is it's very cyclical. So, you know, when I started and came to Houston, Aries was the only fine dining. There was Aries and Mark's were really the only two fine dining restaurants in town. Obviously there was, um, uh, yeah, Tony's, uh, yeah, Tony's a few others, but there wasn't many, and there definitely weren't many chef driven. Del Grande was kind of, you know, Del Grande was there, Monica. They're all part of it, but there wasn't as nearly as many as there are now. And one of the things that I think is great is just the variety. And I, I know people are very vague about it, but it really is. You can get just about anything here you now. You and I were talking about the, uh, the Basque restaurant that's opened up, and it's just funny to think, you know, would that have survived? 20 years ago, most likely not, because as you and I tell, we didn't have social media, we didn't have anything like that to promote your own restaurants. It was all kind of word of mouth or, or being seen on the corner of Maine and Maine. So I think it's great now how different the restaurant scene is. Everything from Trillburgers killing it, the, the Don still using Gravitas' space is going really well. I love the fact that the restaurant's still being used for a restaurant. I mean, it was the original anton Poe boys and then it was nothing for about 15 years and was an empty shell when we took it so it really you know every time i go in there i'm like okay cool this is this is still being used as a restaurant which i think is great but the the amount of restaurants in houston is mind blowing when i got here 20 years ago as i said it i was told back then that you could eat out for every night for 3 years and never eat at the same restaurant twice now it's probably like you can eat out every night for five years and never eat at the same restaurant twice. It's just crazy how, how many restaurants there are now in Houston.
0: Well, and our palate is so much more expanded, right? I mean, you know, when I, when I was growing up here, you know, or even into the the nineties and the, the early two thousands, I mean, it was like steakhouses and Tex-Mex kind of ruled the roost. And, and the definition of like what people get excited about and the places that they go and will support is so much broader now. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I mean it's you know, what came first the chicken or the egg did 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 the restaurants come into town broaden people's you know, dining experiences or did Houston bring the chefs to town because they knew there was a a market for it, who knows, but you know, it, it's definitely It's great to see it. It's great to be a part of it. It's also great to see people like Ryan and Becky that have been in Houston for such a long time still involved. I mean, as I mentioned, you know, Monica's still around. I'm still here. Chris Shepard is still here. We're all doing different things. But we all had people that worked with us or for us at different times that have now opened up their own places. And so it's helped expand the city, which is always, I think, really cool to see.
0: I mean, who are a couple of other people from the Gravitas days that are out there um, that people may not may not be aware of? Yeah, now you're going to
1: make me think back. There's a few that have still been like um, Big Sexy, did his food truck for a while, and then he was in different places around. Philippe, and I'm going to blank on his last name, but Philippe owns a little French restaurant downtown. He took it over, and I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, there's a few that have been and gone. Jeez, now I've got to rack my brain to even go back. That's <laughs> Fifteen plus I, years it, ago. Now. I
0: know, I know. It's very, uh, it's very mean of me to, to put you on the spot like that.
1: That was when I saw Ryan the other day, he was asking him about a dish that we did. He said we did a fried oyster dish today. I was like, I can't remember going back that far what any of those recipes were anymore. <laughs> I've got them written down somewhere, but I can't remember them off here.
0: It's just sort of funny how things sort of evolve. I mean, you know, after after Ryan left Gravitas, he went and worked for Brian Caswell at Reef and Reef has its own family tree, you know. Michael O'Connor's at at Andiron now. Lyle Bento's at Brennan's. Brian's back with a new project in uh, in Upper Kirby. I mean, it's it's like, you know, every everything just kind of cycles cycles through.
1: Yeah, and and a lot of it is three degrees away from each other. Everybody's worked with or touched, but you know, with each other at some point in time. So yeah, it's funny. I mean. It, when I was working at Aries, I, I came across a photo the other day, actually, and we did a dinner. And it was Monica was there, Brian was there, I think Lance Fegan was there, and we're all doing dinners back then. And now there's all these people that worked for them that have their own restaurant, like across the road from us at Field and Tides. He was a, he was an ex. Um,
0: right, right. Travis Lenick worked for Lance Fegan yeah, at uh, yeah. Liberty Kitchen for a long time and also at, at Mark's before that, right? Yeah, so mm-hmm. there you go.
1: It's, it's glad i'm glad that everybody's still around Nice i see familiar faces when you walk into a restaurant
0: i mean i know you've been you've been busy working on 1891 but have you have you been anywhere recently that you've, you've been really excited about anything new i wish
1: i could say i had but unfortunately i haven't I, I keep up with it on social media and as i mentioned the other day the list just keeps growing and growing and growing my wife and i have a uh, and understanding that we won't go to a new restaurant without each other. So it makes it even chall- more challenging to get out, check out a new a new spot with having two young kids. So, but yeah, no, we haven't been anywhere for a while, actually. We do have a, a long list of places to get to. So but uh, everything's dictated by where the kids want to go now. So it makes it even more challenging.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, you know, get a sitter, like take your wife out to something new. Take your, take your yeah. wife to, to Basso and, and report it back and let me know what you think of it.
1: Oh, no, for sure, yeah. We've got a long list, as I said, of places from everything. Uh, Gypsy Poets right around the corner. I've heard they do really good pizzas. So I still want to check them out as well. So, yeah, there's a, there's a long, long list of of
0: restaurants to get to. All right. Well, Jason, I have to say that does bring me to the end of my questions. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you would like to discuss?
1: I think we touched on everything. 1891, new common bond. No, I think you... You summed it all up nicely, so I appreciate you giving me the time to talk. And hopefully, you'll uh, have me back again after the next one. Like
0: I said, when you're ready to announce uh, 1946 for Sugarland, uh, you know, let me <laughs> know. Nice we'll, uh, we'll be all over it. Um, okay. All right. Well, plug the website for Common Bond. Plug the website for 1891. Let let people know where they can uh, see you.
1: All right, so common bond bakery.com um, or common bond bakery and cafe.com and then uh, 1891 heights.com. Come see us lunch, dinner, brunch on the weekends. Great place to just relax, watch the game. You know, there's not much going on until the astros start up now, but hopefully somebody will find a reason to come in and have a margarita flight and uh, enjoy a burger or some scallops
0: you got the, the Rockets who have been uh, pretty good oh, at home. True. You've got uh, yeah. the NCAA basketball tournament coming. You, you, you know, it's not, There's it's always not a well always dead zone until baseball.
1: And hopefully this was the last cold day we get, and uh, spring's right around the corner. So eating on the patio and when, uh, when the weather's nice will be good as well.
0: Absolutely. All right, Jason, thank so, you very much. All right, cheers. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at... Eric Sandler, keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. That's it for today's show. I'll be back next week.